0: time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did, because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart, they've got passion for God, they're leading intercession on their schools, they're set apart, consecrated under God, and they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Thank you for coming. Uh, My name is Dan, and I don't know if you know this, I I just talked in there, so this is like part two, huh? Yeah? Good. Uh, (laughs) Good. Well, thanks. Who, who, came, who came the furthest? I don't mean like from the main auditorium, but like who? Where, Florida? Florida? That's pretty far. Oh, man. Who's further than Florida? I don't know if they're... Missouri? That's not super far. Anybody from another country? Last time we had China. No one's from China? Anyone from Canada, maybe? I don't know. Awesome. Well, I came here. Uh, I came pretty far this morning. I, I live about two miles north of here. And uh, so that was a long walk, and uh, so anyway, hey, I want to just take some time uh, with you and uh, and what we 're going to talk about this this morning, I guess, is prayer, um, which is pretty common for us to talk about prayer around here, yeah, uh, if you 've ever come to desperation, you know that we talk about prayer a lot, uh, and it 's because we believe that prayer is important, that prayer matters, and so I just want to I want to talk a little bit about those concepts, and then hopefully uh, Give you some ideas that, that as you leave here, you can really implement into your life uh, and, and into your prayer life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray to get started, and then we'll jump right in. Jesus, we welcome you here in this time. I thank you for your activity this week. I thank you for what you have been doing in each one of us. And I thank you that you are not done. I thank you that you work at, at moments like this, at desperation, but you, you work in us individually, at home, wherever we're at. And uh, we worship you and glorify you. Amen. Alright. Well, obviously, like I said, we're, we're, pretty, uh, we're pretty big on the idea of prayer around here. Uh, we've been doing prayer meetings uh, since 2001 uh, in the World Prayer Center. It was actually those pra- early prayer meetings of, of about 10 to 15 college students getting together and just praying for revival in, in our generation that led to the idea of uh, if we just, what if we called the youth pastors that we know and get together and have a weekend of, of worship and prayer and fasting and what would that look like? And so we had our first desperation conference uh, out of in 2002 out of those prayer meetings. Uh, we, we've like we talked about yesterday, we, we've uh, been praying for the last year, uh, 24 hours a day. Uh, we're, we're, we're adding the worship element to that this upcoming year. And, uh, and so we're, we're pretty big on the, on the idea of, of praying. If you know the vow, if you've heard the vow, uh, passion, intercession, consecration, and mission. Uh, you know, all of those, if you look at when we talk about passion, we talk about spending time with God. When we talk about intercession, we're talking about being a part of a prayer meeting. When we talk about uh, consecration, living holy, set, in, set apart unto the Lord, the, the way we want to challenge people to do is to actually fast something uh, and, and mission. If you look, at it, I mean, three-fourths of the vow is praying. And so, like I said, we, uh, we're pretty big on the idea of prayer. One of the things that we really challenge our youth ministry here, uh, we meet in this room on Wednesday nights, uh, but we don't want to just be about a Wednesday night. Uh, the big win for us is if we have high school students that are actually going and leading prayer on their campus. Uh, that's what we want to see. And so pretty, I'm, I, I tell you all that to say that if if you're a desperation type person, you know that, that we really believe in prayer. And so I just want to share a little bit today about why, and, uh, and, and even from my own personal experience, what that has looked like and what that has meant it's interesting. How many of you guys have ever been on, on some kind of overseas trip? Anybody? Or, or just another country. It doesn't have to be overseas. Yeah. Uh, I love going on these, on these missions trips. I love spending time in other countries. Um, and I, I feel like it's really important to learn other cultures. Learn. I may drink a lot of water this afternoon or this morning. Is that okay? If I drink water, it's not like an advertise. I got. One time I was accused of ad, like I was advertising for the water. I'm not. Aquafina. Uh, I love these mission strips, uh, and, but, but it's really interesting. One of my favorite, we got to go to Israel, and uh, that was a really cool experience for us uh, to go as a team to, to Israel. And we got to go to Jerusalem. We got to go through a lot of the, the places where Jesus did ministry got to do baptisms there in the Jordan River, and just a lot of really cool experiences. I spent most of my time in Tel Aviv, uh, which is a city, and uh, you know, kind of felt like I was in America, but whatever. Uh, but so our first day, we, we land, and uh, and we get there. We had, we had quite a time traveling. We, uh, we got to the airport, and they were like, awesome. There's like Forty of you going to Israel. We have that you purchased your seats. We just don't have seats for you. And uh, and so there we were at Dia, and we were like, so you took our money, but you didn't give us seats. And so we ended. It was quite a quite a little fiasco. All of us trying to get there. We ended up having to split up. My team. We flew, we landed, there was 12 of us, we were the chosen 12, uh, and we landed, and we had a layover in New York, but it wasn't really a layover, they were actually holding the plane for us, so that we could get onto the, uh, onto the flight for the next leg of the trip, and so they came, and they were like, it's really important that, when, that you exit the plane quickly, and then when you get there, you gotta get to that next gate, and so I got the team together, and I was like, listen, we are going to book it when we get there, we're gonna get out of this plane, and we are going to run. And so we got anybody ran through the airport, you know, like, not the worst. You're like dragging your luggage, you're, you get all sweaty. It's just, ah, it's just the worst. Anyway, so so we get off and and we just start. We're like, we run through the through the terminal or whatever. What's that thing called? The whatever. We run through it, you know, the hallway from the plane, and uh, and we're, we're just sprinting and we're going. We get out and we're like, okay. We don't have any idea how long this run is going to be to the next gate. But these people are, are waiting for us. And people don't like to wait for other people for their plane to take off. And so we're like, we're going to have a whole plane that doesn't like us. They're grumpy. And so we want to get there as soon as we can. And so I'm like, run as fast as you can. And it was the next gate over. So we ran really fast for about 10 feet. And, uh, and we got on. And we got on. We get over. It was about 24 hours of travel total. So we were tired. We land. We, we, go to, we, uh, we, we get to the place where we're staying, and, and we, we go to sleep. And, uh, and we're not even asleep for like, it's just like a couple hours. And all of a sudden, we just hear this noise. And it just it is this. And it's like 5 o'clock in the morning. And I... Jump out of my bed. But it was a bunk bed, so that's always bad. Anyway, and I was like, What is going on? There's this siren going off. I'm in Israel. I was like, It's the end of the world. This is the end of the world siren. And uh, and so it's letting us know that we're gonna die. Turns out that's not what it was. It was the Muslim call to prayer. And for our entire time there, for two weeks, it happened every day, multiple times. We would hear this, this siren go off. It was interesting. I got a ch- the chance to go to China. And uh, in China, we, uh, we, we, I got to go to this little village. And it was on the ra- mountain range, kind of similar to where we are in Colorado Springs, where we're, we have a city here, or, or whatever you call this town-ish thing. And, uh, and then there's mountain range. And so you could see the mountains. And there was one mountain that was a prayer mountain. And it looked like, it was as if it was Pike's Peak, and it looked as if it was covered in silly string. It was just silly string all over it. And, uh, and that's because it was, uh, it was the holy mountain to them, and those were prayer flags. When we actually got on the mountain, we got there, and they weren't, it wasn't silly string, which it would have taken a lot of silly string. So I was, whatever. But and they were just little ribbons and flags all over this mountain, and they believed that you know, every time that the wind blew, it counted as a prayer. And there was actually places where our team went where the ground... Uh, Was as smooth, it had been turned smooth as glass. It had been rock and it was now smooth as glass because of uh, the way that they would pray is is by dropping onto their knees. These Buddhists would drop on their knees and then they slide. It's called a prostration. They slide and then they slide back and stand up and then they go down and slide and and they do it so many times uh, that that it was as smooth as glass. The reason I I tell you those stories is because those were really interesting moments in my life uh, when I saw that we as Christians actually aren't the only people that pray. And that most people in the world actually do pray to something. Other religions pray. Even if you think about it, I mean, you know, like, you can get a real good atheist, they get pulled over enough, they're going to start praying. God, don't let them give me a ticket. I don't know if you're real, I don't even believe in you, but I really don't want a ticket right now. You know, like, everybody prays. And so what is ultimately, what is different about us as believers what is different about us as christians when we pray and, uh, and so i want to i want to just talk through that a little bit in uh in 1 john 5:14 says this this is the confidence we have in approaching god that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we have asked of him the reason that that I'm here this morning to talk to you about prayer is not because I think it's really a noble thing for us to do, to pray. It's not because I think, oh, well, we're supposed to pray. If we're Christians, then then that's what we're supposed to do. I actually believe that prayer is a high honor that we have to commune, to converse, to talk with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Creator God, He he has set it up that we get to talk with Him. That means that prayer isn't just, you know, God is good, God is great, let us thank Him for this food, amen. Prayer isn't just, oh Jesus, please help me get an A on this test even though I didn't study. Prayer isn't just, let me ask for this, or "Let let me tell God this. But as Christians, we get to converse, to commune, to talk with the living God. And and it's, and it's so in my life. I want to tell you that I believe. One of the things that has radically impacted me. From the time I was your age. Was being in the place of prayer. And getting to spend time with Jesus. And spend time praying and talking and, and listening. On that same trip to China. Uh, we, we actually would spend time. Actually I'll get into that. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, so, so, so the, num- the first thing I want to encourage you about is that we get to pray to a God that hears us. We get to pray to a God that is alive and real and He hears us. And that's the main thing. Even as I said, I've got to go on these trips and seeing these other religions. There's a difference between people that pray out of discipline and people that know that they're communing, talking to a real, active, live God that hears them. And I believe that there's many Christians that are stuck over here. And we just kind of do the prayer thing because we don't we don't really understand it. And we're told that we're supposed to. And we don't know why we pray before we eat. But that's like really the only time we ever pray. But then we're like, but I'm really hungry, so I won't pray this time. You know, and so like prayer isn't real. And so it's just kind of a duty. And then there's other people that... You're, that when, you know, the Bible says to pray continually, and they seem to actually live that. And they're always, they, 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 when they talk about prayer, they, they enjoy it. And they talk about enjoying prayer and, and believing in prayer. And, and there's difference. I believe it's the people that have got the idea that God really hears them. That he actually hears their prayers. And so when I read this, the confidence we have in approaching God, if we ask anything in accordance to his will, he hears us. If we know he hears us, we have whatever we have asked. Jesus in Matthew 6 says uh, in, in verse 9, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Both these verses talk about praying the will of God. Is the idea of that God has a will, that God desires certain things, and that we know that when we pray that, He moves and He answers. And I don't know why, but for some reason, God has set it up that He wants to work through us and with us to move on planet Earth. And so He desires us to pray because He's inviting us into the story. He's inviting us into his activity. And if we will pray, if we'll pray the things that are on his heart, then he will move on earth. And I think that actually makes prayer pretty exciting. I think it actually makes the idea of prayer not boring like we often grow up thinking it is. We grow up kind of with prayer is like, oh, it's, it's this weird thing that I have to do. And it's, I don't understand it. And I just do it. And it's kind of boring. And, you know, you, you hear people pray. and I actually have a buddy who will pray for a meal. Uh, if you ask him to pray before a meal, he, he will pray until you stop him. But it's not like he'll pray a real prayer. Like he'll be like, you know, God, thank you. And, you know, it's like real. And then, But then he'll be done. And instead of saying amen, he'll just keep going. And he'll be like, and thank you for this plethora of food we've set, you've set before us. We today feel like the pilgrims. I mean, you know, I don't know, but he'll just go up and he will pray. Literally, he will pray until you stop him. And he just makes up words. And I think, though, that a lot of us actually think that that's what prayer is like, trying to use really big words and really monotone and very serious and very long. But that's not the essence of what prayer is. Prayer is simply communing. It's talking with God. And if we will pray his will, then, he, then Jesus has told us, and as John wrote, we read in the Bible, that when we connect with the will of God, and we pray that, that he moves on planet Earth. Charles Spurgeon says, Whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. If you may have everything by asking in his name, and nothing without asking, I beg you to see how vital prayer is. We have a God that is alive and hears us, and I want you to know today that I believe that is the primary, uh, one of the primary reasons why we can have motivation to pray. I've, uh, I got married three years ago. And so Amy and I, w- yeah, it's exciting. We've been married for three years. Oh, wow, look at that. A little clapping. I think that's all of you that just, you're like, I wish I was married. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we've been married for three years. We dated for three years before that. And so, uh, and then we knew each other for a few years before that. So I've known her for a long time, and, uh, and we spend a lot of time together. I don't know if for those of you that are married. For those of you that aren't married, uh, when you're married to someone, you spend a lot of time together, like all the time. Not only are we married, but, but we work together, uh, and so we're together all day, every day. And it's good because she's my best friend, and I'd rather, uh, there's no one else I'd rather be with. So here's what that means, though. Because we're together all the time, I know what she likes. And I know what she wants most of the time. Now, she's a woman, so I don't, I mean, sometimes I'm like, what? I don't get it. But, you know, and so, like, I know when I'm doing something. And, and listen, I have, um, I have this condition. Uh, I, I don't know the technical term of it, but it's basically that I have um, diarrhea of the joke mouth. <laughs> like, if I see a joke sitting there. I have to say it. Like, I can't not say it. Even in like really serious moments, like like here in this moment, if I was in a really impo- powerful moment in the middle of a talk and I saw a joke, I'd have to seize that moment. And I can't help it. So I'm trying to get over that. And, uh, and so I know a lot of times I'll be making these jokes and, and, and it'll hit, the joke will hit my mind and I'll be like, this will be so funny. And then I'll be like, ooh, Amy probably doesn't think I should tell this joke right now. And now I'm like, oh, what do I do? More often than not, I tell the joke. But... But but because we spend so much time together, I know what she wants. I know what she likes. I know the things that she, that that when I do them, I know the things that bring her joy. I know the things that that she delights in. I know how to make her happy and all of that. And so because of that, I try to do that. And I think that it's the same thing when we begin to pray, when we begin to spend time with God. That's how we find out what his will is. A lot of you are like, how do I know God's will? Well, one way is to read your Bible. It's in there. And so when we have our prayer meetings over here, one of the things we do is that we pray the Bible every prayer meeting. And so we come up and we're like, I don't know what you're going to pray, but find a verse for it. And if you can find a verse for it, then you can pray it. Because God, if God's already said he wants to do it, then you can ask for it. And guess what? I See, like I like getting my prayers answered. So if you pray the Bible, you you got a pretty good chance of getting it an answered because he already said he wants to do it. And so that's a good thing. So one way is to pray the Bible. Another way is to get to know him, spend time with him. When we spend time with God, we get to know him. And most of spending time with God is by reading our Bible and praying and worshiping and all of that. And all of a sudden, the things that he wants, the things that he desires, when the Bible talks about that his desires become our desires, that doesn't mean that God, that God changes what he wants. That means that we change what we want. And so as we that God will give us the desires of our heart, that doesn't mean that the, that. Oh, God's going to give me the sweet Ferrari that I've been wanting for. No, that's that he's going to change my heart into wanting what he wants. And so when we connect with him, we partner with him, we find the will of God. And that's one of the things that happens through the place of prayer. And so so a real practical tool that I would say, if you want to be a man or woman, if you're like, I don't understand this prayer thing, is to start praying by yourself every day. Just you and God. Spend time with him. Read your Bible and pray it back to him and ask him to speak to you because he speaks. When we were in China, I love telling the story. It's one of my favorite stories. We had a translator and, uh, and, and we called him Monkey. And that doesn't sound really nice, does it? But uh, it's because he actually had grown up as a Buddhist monk. And in uh, and, and this village that we were in, there was like three to four hundred uh, monks in training. And so they were wearing their orange robes. And they were training to be Buddhist monks. They're about 13, 14, 15 years old. And uh, and he was one of them at one time. And when he was in his late teenage years, while studying to be a Buddhist monk, he he, he explains that, that this really big, red-headed, bearded American came and told him about Jesus. And this guy left his training to be a Buddhist monk and gave his life to Jesus. And so now he's helping, he helps with these teams that come in that, that are bringing the gospel to China and he's translating the Bible into different, different dialects so that, that, that don't have the, the gospel. And so he, he's pressing for the kingdom. And it's such an incredible story. So we call him Monkey because he used to be a monk. And uh, I just what I, I mean, I didn't make it up. That's how he was introduced to me. This is Monkey. I was like, okay. So I went with it, you know. But we So we were in this village, and we go to prayer walk, the temple, uh, and um, we have, you know, we're, we're a bunch of Americans that really stand out pretty much anywhere in China, let alone a tiny little village that's never seen a white dude before. And uh, so I walk in, and I, like, I, seriously, I get off the bus, and it's just like, I was like, how's it going? You don't speak English, you know, and so... So we go, and I'm like, hey, listen, everybody. Uh, I don't want us to draw attention to ourselves. We need to make sure to not do that. And so... uh when we're going to go prayer walk this place, I want you to pray. But the great thing about God is he doesn't need our verbal prayers. And so you can, you can pray in your spirit. Uh, you know, you can whisper. But let's not draw attention to ourselves because I really don't want us to get kicked out of, of this village because we're here for this entire time to, to really serve here and to really work. And so I don't want this, like, to go nuts praying over this, you know, temple and then be like, who are these crazy people? Get out of here. And I was like, so let's just, let's just be calm. Don't try to draw too much attention to yourself. And so we're in there, we're praying, we're walking, and, uh, and there's this giant wheel, and it's kind of like the prayer flags, it's called the prayer wheel, and they spin it, and every time they spin it, it, it counts as a prayer. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand it, but that's what they do. And so they, they, people walk in, and they just get behind this, it's probably 20 feet tall, and 20 feet in circumference, it's this giant metal wheel, I don't know, if it's, whatever, wheel, it spins, anyway. And, uh, and so, you know, people come and push it, and all of a sudden... I hear the screaming and banging, and someone is just pounding on this prayer wheel, and I'm like, oh, it's about to go down, because I said we need to be quiet, and this person is drawing attention to us, and we need to have a serious talk. Any of you ever had that serious talk with your youth pastor? We need to talk, you know, like, and so I was like, we're about to have a we need to talk moment, and so I go to see who this is, and all I see is monkey. And he's pounding on this prayer wheel. Hello? Is anybody in there? I don't think so. And all of a sudden, I was like, You're awesome. Because here was a person that had discovered that he had been praying to a God that didn't exist. He had been praying prayers to gods that did not answer, that did not hear. And now he was praying to a God that was alive, that heard his prayers, and actually would speak to him. And that's what makes us different, friends. We have a God who is inviting us to spend time with him, inviting us to pray. And prayer is just a a way of saying, talking with God, which includes listening. God, are you talking? Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice, and they respond, they answer, they follow me. Jesus speaks to you. That's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. One of the main things that I love about the idea of prayer is that He hears us. The other thing is that it matters. Matthew 7:7, 7, 7, "Asking it will be given to you, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open to you." We all know Second Chronicles 7:14, "If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, if they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. We have a God that not just doesn't just hear our prayers, but He actually responds to them. I love telling a story. I, I don't know why this is. I'm telling a lot of stories from from missions trips. I don't know why, but uh, I just got the opportunity to go to Berlin, and uh, and I hung out with a with a pastor there, and he told us this story about a parade that was in Berlin, and uh, and this parade. Had been for many years, people would come and, and they would, would dance. And we're about to get a little PG-13 here. Uh, maybe. Yeah, anyway. Uh, and, uh, and, and basically, people would, would, would dance. They, they'd get naked. And they'd, do all, they'd basically just do whatever they wanted in the streets of Berlin. And, uh, and the parade started small and it got bigger and bigger and bigger to where there was over a million people coming and, and doing this in the streets. And they would do it for there was this huge festival, and it became very well known. And, uh, and so my buddy, this pastor, told us, well, you know, so we had been praying for years. And, uh, and, and so we just were praying against it, and it just seemed to get bigger and bigger. We didn't know what to do. And so finally, we just, we, we studied it out. We researched it a little bit and, and found out what they were doing and why they were doing it. And he said, "So one day we went to the place where they, where it all started and where the headquarters were. And he was like, basically, we went in there. There was ten of us, and uh, we put. He said, we put communion elements in our pockets. And he was like, so we had we had bread and juice, and then actually on this side they had oil, and uh, and he said they just walked around the the place where where it was happening, and they prayed over it, and they would anoint it with oil, and then they sat down in the middle, and uh, and they and they took communion together, and and they prayed." For God to break the stronghold of whatever was going on in this place, and all of a sudden they said, "So that was it." They were like, "We didn't feel anything. It didn't seem really exciting." There was ten people, and uh, you know, for years we had tried to we we'd been praying against this parade, and it just was getting bigger and bigger. There's a million people now, and so, so we went and we just we took communion, we we prayed over it, you know, and and then we left. He said he went home, and they had been they had been fasting, and he said he, they went home. And uh, that that ended their fast, and so apparently he had been fasting television, and so that ended their fast. He turned on his TV, and uh, the next day he turned on his TV, only to find that the news was reporting that something had gone wrong with the paperwork, and that parade was no longer going to be allowed to happen in Berlin. And he was like, huh, isn't that interesting? And actually, they, they 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 tried to do the parade, and, and ultimately, they're, they're, what happened was they had it, and, and a lot of people ended up getting hurt. Some people, I think, even even lost their life. And and so they made a law, and the law was that that parade no longer could ever happen in Berlin. And then they tried to do it in, in Dresden, another city a little further away, and again, the, the the state stepped in and got in the way and said, you know what? There's too much injury, too many negative things. No more, we're not gonna have this. And I was just like, man, that's pretty awesome. Like 10 people went and prayed and and took communion together and saw God really change in their city. And I I tell you that story because I believe that when we pray, God does stuff and God moves. It's not gonna happen like that every time. I'm not trying to, I'm not gonna sit up here and tell you. Every time you pray, you're gonna see God answer immediately. That's not what we're saying. That's not the, I, I don't want you to leave thinking that. But what I am saying is that when we pray, it is the way that we partner with God to move. And when we connect with his heart and with his will, when we see what's on his heart, we can speak that and we can speak it in life and truth. And we can see real change. happen. You can see change happen in your school. You can see it happen in the lives of your friends or in your family. We have a God who is alive, who hears us and he responds. We get to partner with him in what he's doing. We get to know him. We get to spend time with him. Do you know that when, okay, so when Jesus died on the cross, uh, there there was this place, it was called the Holy of Holies. And uh, basically, it was. I'm sure maybe some of you know this, but uh, it was a place where the the priest could go in, the the, the high priest could go in once a year, and and this was the place where God dwelt. And this was the place where it was the Holy of Holies, and, and he could go in there and spend time in there. And it was covered by a veil. And they would actually tie a rope. I, they tie, I mean, I wasn't there. But what I read, they tied tie a rope around the priest's leg in case he went in and he was unclean and he would fall down dead. They could drag him out, which is a bad day for that priest. But, I mean, I don't know. You know like if you, he's like, oh, man, I should not have yelled at that little kid yesterday. I have to go in there now. I hope I don't die. <laughs> you know. So when Jesus died, the Bible says that that veil was ripped Into, from top to bottom. What that signifies, friends, is that we, that everyone now can enter the Holy of Holies. Every one of us has the opportunity to be in the presence of God. I want to tell you how exciting it is to live in the day and time that we live. Do you know that not everyone throughout history has had their own Bible? Do you know that not everyone, it's actually a pretty recent thing that you can have a Bible it's only been in the last few hundred years. Before that, you had to have someone else that could read Latin or, or before that, maybe even read Greek before that. Or, and and they, would, they would read it, and then they would tell you what it said, and you had to just believe them. But we today, so we, all of us, can have a Bible. And so when you take the fact that the veil has been ripped, right, in two... So we can be in the presence of God. Jesus said, it's better for me to go away. I'll send a helper. I'll send the Holy Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit on earth. The veil's been ripped. We can enter the presence of God. We have a Bible. We have it pretty good today. And you can be anywhere at any time. Pop in some earbuds, put on some worship music, bust open your Bible, and there you are in the presence of God. You can be in your school cafeteria and you can have a conversation with the living God. And he can speak to you, and you can speak to him, and you can ask him, Jesus, what do you think about this? Jesus, what are you doing today? Jesus, tell me what, what you want me to do. Jesus, can you just speak what you think about me? Can you just speak truth over me? Man, I'm really believing some of the lies that people are telling me. Can you speak that over me? Because you do speak. Jesus, I just want to tell you how awesome you are. You can do that anywhere you're at. You can do that on the bus. You can do that when your little sister is screaming. You can do that You can anywhere. You can spend time with God that's pretty exciting. That's pretty, it's a pretty cool thing we have. We have a God that's alive. He hears us. He responds. And it matters when we pray. So I just want to encourage you with a few things. Number one, if you want to be a young man or a young woman of prayer, it's what I said earlier, to begin praying by yourself. Begin spending time. It could be for five minutes in the morning. It might be when you're getting ready. It may be while you're driving. Driving is one of my favorite places to pray. Any, anyone drive here? Anyone? Yeah. Anyone not drive? Anyone not drive? Oh, hate it for you. <laughs> hate it for you. I remember when my first friend got their license. That was like, freedom. Anyway, uh, I love praying when I'm driving because cause it's just me in there. and uh, And I'll turn off the music or I'll turn up the worship music like really loud. And I'll just start having talks with the Lord. And I'll just start talking, and, and man, that's when I get into it. I'll be driving, and people drive by me, and they're like, dude, that guy is, he's like rapping or something, because I'll be like, you know, like, <laughs> man, I love driving, but just find time to, to pray, to spend time with Jesus. And here's one of the things I really encourage you to do. When you, when you do this, when you pray, just you and God, really be honest with him. There's no need, there's no need for pretenses. There's no need to, to, to fake it. Like, he knows everything, Right? And so if he already knows everything, there's no, the only person that you're, that, that you're not being completely honest is helping is, well, it's not helping anybody. It's making you think you feel better. But just, it's God. He loves you. He accepts you. Be honest with him. Tell him, man, God, I'm having a really tough day. And I haven't felt your presence in, in weeks. Why? You know, God, I, I really hurt when, my, when, someone, when they yelled at me here. Just be honest. God, I, I, I was praying for someone to be healed. Do you still do that? Tell me, you know. Be honest with him. But, but I think he loves, just so you know, I think God loves your questions. I think he loves it when you come and when you authentically ask a question. Now, I don't think he loves it when you're like, all right, Jesus, 20 questions, you and me. I'm going to grill you and see if you know your stuff. He's like, dude, I know everything, you know, that includes stuff, you know. But, but when we're like, God, I really want to understand this. And, uh, and I told my friends this thing about you, and they didn't understand it. And, and so can you show me through the Bible and, and begin showing me that? I think he, he welcomes those honest questions. He welcomes those honest moments. He wants them. He's like, yeah, there's nothing I would rather do than talk to you and tell you about tell me these things. Secondly, is uh, so pray by yourself. Pray in groups. Pray with other people. You know, uh, Matthew 19, eighteen nineteen. I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. I think it's been one of the things that has most strengthened my faith is to pray with other people. Um, other people are going through different things. They have different perspectives. When we get together and we pray, w- when we get to join together every time they pray, and I'm like, oh, that's good. That chaps up as one of my prayers. All of a sudden, there's like five of us praying the same thing. And we pray in unison. The Bible is very clear. I don't have time to go on it today. But the Bible is very clear that when brothers pray together in unity, that God moves. And when we're unified as brothers and sisters. And so that includes prayer. That includes life. But when we, when we have unity, that God moves. And so pray with people like I said I, I, the, the third thing I, I didn't know I was gonna, whatever is to keep it real. be honest with god don't 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 fake it. there's no point in that. Keep it honest, keep it simple. and then the last thing I would just encourage you if you want to be someone who prays, is to give it time. start off with your five or ten minutes but but really give it time. Don't, don't expect that like you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be this EM bounds intercessor for the Lord, you know. And you're going to walk into supermarkets. Well, I don't even know what a supermarket is. You're going to walk into a grocery store and people are just going to fall on their face repenting because you're like this woman of prayer, you know, or this man of prayer. You're gonna, you know, Listen, give it time. Take, it, it's not going to happen overnight. Like any good relationship, it takes time. But what's going to happen is you spend time with God as you as you choose to do it alone as you choose to do it with other people as as you choose to be honest and real with him over time there's going to be depth growing in your prayer life and you're going to that's what i said earlier you're going to get to know him more and more he already knows you but he wants you to I, I believe that god wants you to speak things he wants you to tell him what you're feeling and what you what you're experiencing and then he's going to speak into you and and i know for some of you that sounds really weird you're like what you keep talking about god talking to me i, I I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. He'll talk. Uh, the, the, I, I believe that the primary way he'll talk to you is as you read your Bible. As you read your Bible, then what will happen is you'll be reading, and all of a sudden th- you'll read a verse, and you'll be reading like five verses, and then one verse will just be like, boom, it'll hit you. And you're like, okay, Jesus, explain that more. And you, and you stop, and you meditate on it, and you pray it, and you think on it. So, so reading your Bible Sometimes I, I believe that the Lord speaks to me. I'll walk outside and I'll see the mountains or I'll see the, I'll see the beauty of his creation. And I'm just like, man, God, you are beautiful. And it shows me an aspect about him. But over time, what I'm saying is, is that, as Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. They respond. That means we gotta get, we got to spend time with Him. You know when, uh, like when you get a phone call and, and you don't know the phone number? Which, you know, I mean, now most of us, it says the who, person who's calling, which is fantastic. Because, uh, anyway. But, you know, if you don't know the number, I don't know what you do. Uh, I don't answer it. But, but let's say you answer it. You know, you answer the phone. And the person on the other end is like, hey, what's up? It's me. And you're like, oh, man. I don't know who me is. You know, like, can you give me a little bit more than me? And they're like, oh, yeah, what's up? It's me. I was just thinking about what we were doing the other day. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy you're like, what are you talking about? I don't know you. Do you know that every time my wife speaks to me, I know her voice. Like, I'm not like, who is this crazy woman speaking to me? You know, my best friends, my, my best friends, when I call my best friends, I'm not like, I don't call when they, and they're like, hello. I'm like, hello, sir, this is Dan Perkins. Uh, I would just like to remind you that we are good friends. And we've spent many years hanging out. Do you remember that one time that we went uh, water skiing together, that's me. Okay, now we can continue on with the conversation. No, I'm like, what's up, dude? He was like, oh, hey, bro. You know, like we know each other, right? Because when you spend time with people, you, you learn their voice and you get to, you get to know them. That's the same thing with God. As you spend time with him, you'll begin to hear his voice. And at first, it may not be recognizable. And so at first, you may be like, I don't know. Is God speaking? And, and, but the more you spend time with him, the more familiar that voice will be. The more familiar, uh, so that you can begin actually doing what the Bible says of, being, uh, of praying continually. It says in, in, in 1 Thessalonians, to pray without ceasing. You can actually begin to do that because you can walk through your day, and you're continually praying to God, and he's able to talk to you. Because, he's a, because you know his voice. And it's this conversation that's happening. And that is what will, if you will get that idea down, I promise you it'll change your relationship. It'll change your depth in God. Because all of a sudden it's not about rules and ideas and things you have to do. It is really about interacting and having a relationship with the almighty, most powerful, all-powerful, all-knowing creator God was like, yeah, I want to I know you, and I want you to know me. And that's pretty exciting. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you that you have made prayer the way of the kingdom. I thank you that you have set it up so that when we pray, we get to partner with you, and you move here on earth. I thank you that we get to spend time with you and enter into your presence. I thank you that you speak to us. And Jesus, I pray for every person in this room. May we get addicted to being in the place of prayer. May we get addicted to spending time with you, to where that is what we crave, that's what we want. Because we get to hang out with the most important, all-knowing, loving God. We worship you, Jesus. I pray that even, even as we've spent these last 45 minutes together that, that seeds will, will be planted and that as each of us go home that we'll just have this itch, this hunger okay, let me try this prayer thing and Father, I pray that you will respond and, and that you will that you will draw mighty men and women of God out of from this time that will be men and women that for the rest of their lives are committed to the place of prayer. we love you Jesus amen